Well, hey, I just want you to be kind of present. I really am going to give kind of a shorter message, but I just want us to kind of hone in on what I'm going to be saying today. And for some of us who've been walking with God for some time, it's easy to zone out sometimes when you hear the simple gospel, because I am giving a very simple message today about his grace, about his mercy, about his forgiveness. You know, the good thing is this, guys, is we never graduate this stuff. We never come to a place in our life where we're saying, you know, I'm tapped out on grace, mercy, forgiveness. I've arrived. I got that. I'm moving on to the more spiritual things, into visions, into dreams. All that stuff's great. But the truth of the matter is this. When you and me pass from death to life, and this will happen one day, we will forever be tripping out on the grace of God, on his mercy, on his forgiveness, that there's a man in heaven still with holes in his hand. I'm praying that that moves our heart as a family, as a church community, that what Jesus did 2,000 years ago is affecting us in such a way today that we're living our lives differently because of that. See, Hannah prayed at prayer. You can always come to prayer, 315 to 345. God, thank you that we can come to a place where we don't have to worry about our lives. Have you ever thought of that? That there's believers in the world that are, have to consider, do I go to church because it could actually mean my life today? I've walked with Jesus almost 20 years. I'm still pressing into, God, how do I stay hungry for you? How do I stay teachable? How do I desire the things of you? See, in America, guys, we have a very real issue, and it's called how do we stay voluntarily desperate for Jesus? When there's nothing forcing us to be desperate, there's nothing causing us to desire that, outside of obviously the spirit pushing us into that, but we're not in a place of being persecuted and have to counting the cost of our faith each day. That changes the way you show up. It's like yes to Jesus or no to Jesus, you know? You're not gonna do the lukewarm thing because you're like, it's not even worth it to lose my life. <laughs> this would be silly. But I wanna say this, guys. Mercy, grace, forgiveness. These things are taught in the school of Jesus in kindergarten, and these things are taught in the master class. You just don't graduate out of this thing. They go deeper, they go wider, they cause more hunger in our hearts for him, but we never like arrive out of these things. Can I get an amen? amen? See, this is why we need more newborn babies in this church because newborn babies in Jesus, they're just like, Jesus, and I'm forgiven, wow. And then all of us have been walking with the Lord, we're like, dude, for real, wow, huh? That is cool. You know what I mean? It's like you lose that when you start walking with God for a season and you forget, wow, this man Jesus loves me. This man Jesus has forgiven me. This is radical. I mean, the Acts 29 group was set up across the street at JB on Friday night and I started talking to them and they were asking my testimony and how did Jesus Wigger start and all this stuff. You know, and the simple truth was I met a man and I was forgiven, and I had a wild idea, let's do a citywide barbecue. Never thought it was God, didn't even have terminology for that. I just said, hey, Jesus is amazing, he's real, he's alive, he's forgiving people, let's throw a citywide barbecue and go love people. And then God's like, I'll take that idea and go do what I'm doing with it. 
Guys, the strength of old saints and young saints is they know they're loved and they know they're forgiven. You don't need a life-transforming message today. You need a quiet time with God and a life in God that's life-transforming. And what I'm saying today is just simple gospel truth that he loves us and that he's forgiven us. I gave a sermon months ago about drifting from Jesus, drifting from the person of Christ. The older you get, the longer you walk, the easier it is to drift from him. And Jesus said in Mark 4 that the thorns, in the parable of the sower, there's thorns, and three things on these thorns. They are the worries of the world, they are the deceitfulness of riches, and desire for other things. They literally come in to choke out the life. Guys, each of those are like a sermon unto themselves. The worries of the world, everyone's flipping out on something, right? The deceitfulness of riches, oh, I'll work Jesus into my golf game, but I'm just gonna go make money. And just the desire for other things. You're just like, my desires are just pulling in other directions. Like the Super Bowl, Mike said that, not me. But you wanted to go to this, watch the Super Bowl, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I've had many years where I've had to wrestle with that. It's all good, God. Ephesians 2 says this, we are saved by grace through faith. That's not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not a result of works that no one should boast. Let me say it again. You are saved by grace through faith. Not a result of works that no one can boast in this thing. Guys, we are saved by grace. It's God doing it all, meaning through faith, not a result of your works, nothing you did. So no one's gonna boast. How you began this thing in Jesus is how you have to continue this thing in Jesus. It's by grace through faith, not of your works. And no one's gonna boast. If you don't know the definition of grace, simple, it's just the empowerment of God, but it's getting what you do not deserve. And I've given you the example before. I'll give it to you again. There's always new people in this church. You're on the freeway. You're going 100 miles per hour, 100. Cop pulls you over, 65. He's like, yo, you're going 100. I am so sorry, officer. You know what? Forgiven. Don't worry about it. You're like, for real? He's like, for real. Now mercy, it, or that's mercy, because mercy is not getting what you deserved, right? So you deserved the ticket, you didn't get it. You just got mercy. We haven't even moved into grace. Now grace is looking like this. You're forgiven. Oh, thanks, officer. He's like, you know what? Let me give you $200 to go wash that car. Get yourself lunch, back massage, you seem like a great guy. Go on your way. Cop takes off. You're like, what the frick? Like, I got no ticket. Cop gave me 200 bucks. This is crazy. I mean, guys, this is what the gospel is like. It's not just forgiveness, but then it's just abundance of God's grace. Papa, 
help us to stay in awe of mercy and grace. God, help us to never graduate this, that we would stay in all of these things. Everything in God is a gift from God. I don't know how to say that clear. You can't earn anything in God. It's literally a gift that he's given you. And if you're not careful, you will slowly slip as you get older in the Lord into performance Christianity, where you feel like you needed to perform to get God's love, to get God's blessing, to get God's favor. It's a slow slip. I don't even know how it happens. People get radically arrested by the love of God. They know their love. They know they're forgiven. They know they did nothing. And then it's a slow slip into thinking their behavior and their performance is gonna earn them God's love, God's blessing, God's favor. Let me give you two scenarios. You're having a good day. You wake up, you're like, wow, God is good all the time got the worship music on, got a sweet, quiet time in, you're on the road, people are cutting you off, you're like, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, I don't even care, this is a great day. You go to work or you go to school, your boss man, boss lady's like, dude, you're killing it, I'm so happy that you're with our company, take a two-hour lunch, it's great, you know? But you just feel the favor of God on your day. You just, you know, it's just, he's with you, you know? You go home, you park the car, you get out of the car, you see someone sitting there, their heads all like bowed down. You can tell they're sad and you feel the nudge of God to go talk to them. Scenario two, you wake up way late. You freaking trip right when you get up. You hit the floor, you're like, this sucks, I gotta go. No breakfast, no nothing. You get in the car, people are cutting you off. You're dropping some words you shouldn't say. You're like, I don't even say these things, but I can't believe you did. You get to work. The boss is like, I got all this stuff for you. You didn't do your job right. You're just like, what? And you can feel you're just irritable throughout the day. It's just growing, irritable. Like you don't want your coworkers around. You don't want people around. You get out of that car. You go park, I mean, then you get out of the car. Let me ask you this. Think about the good day, think about the bad day. Is your confidence to go love that person, minister to that person, that because you felt the nudge of the spirit on your good day and your bad day, is it the exact same, that you're feeling confident that God's gonna work through you, that God's gonna bless this person, that his presence is there, that his love is there, that his power is there? Guys, performance, just performing for the Lord, feeling our behavior is gonna earn us something is not the gospel. We've been saved by grace through faith. His blessing never depends on our performance. We have to get that, that we can't perform our way or behave our way into the blessing of God. That on your worst day and your best day, that if you're saying, God, here I am, his spirit will work through you. Right? He's not looking for the perfect. He's just looking for the willing. He's looking for those with the yes in their heart.
Can I get an amen? Guys, grace is greater than our mistakes. It's greater than our sin. It's greater than our failure. Somebody needs to hear that today. Grace is greater than your sin, your mistakes, and your failures in life. He loved us before we loved him. He forgave us before we even thought we needed forgiveness from him. Let me read you guys some verses. Sound good? All right, three verses. And we'll start with the first one here. This one's kind of about why Jesus came. And this is Romans 15, verses 8 and 9. So if you can't read it, you're not seeing in the spirit quite yet, but God's going to open your eyes. There it is. Okay. I'm just going to read on my phone. For I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision. Let's talk about the Jews. On behalf of the truth of God to confirm the promise given to the fathers. And in order that the Gentiles, that's all of us, might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name. Hallelujah. So guys, we are glorifying God because of what? His mercy. Mercy, learning to receive it, will transform your life. Again, we don't graduate this. I mean, look at this. The Gentiles might glorify God for mercy. Let's move on to the next verse. This is Hebrews 4. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, talking about Jesus, who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. Hear this, guys. But one who's been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of judgment, so that we may receive judgment and no mercy and find out what a mistake we are. And guys, that's how some of us think. We biff it, we make mistakes, we blow it. That throne's just full of judgment. It's full of just condemnation. Instead, it says, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. Guys, this stuff gets real, real when you're going through things and when you don't have all your ducks in a row. Last verse, 2 Peter 2, talking about maturing in Christ. This is a crazy list, only by grace. Now, for this very reason also, applying all diligence and in your faith supply moral excellence and in your moral excellence knowledge and in your knowledge self-control and in your self-control perseverance and in your perseverance godliness and in your godliness brotherly kindness and in your brotherly kindness love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the kicker. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. <laughs> Don't miss that kicker. Guys, why aren't we maturing in Christ sometimes? We have forgotten our purification from our former sins. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. That when we remember what Christ has done for us on the cross, it compels us to want to love him. It compels us to want more of God. That's why singing songs, what can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus is so real. <laughs> it literally, as that gets a hold of us, 
It brings wholeness into our life. Phew. We don't talk about this a lot in this church, but I'm just going to address it. Repentance is a beautiful word, and some of us need to repent of things in our life. Sometimes we have attitudes, ways of thinking, ways of being, and we just kind of do that. That's just me. That's just how I am. Holy Spirit will correct those things in our lives. And when we take full ownership of stuff or we repent of pornography or whatever it is, then the blood of Jesus actually becomes really real in our life. Guys, it is a beautiful word. The kindness of God leads us to repentance. It's a beautiful thing to acknowledge your sin, confess your sins that you may be healed. It's a beautiful thing to confess sin to God and let his healing come into your life. And some things we just are like, well, that's just how I am. But then it's like, well, are we comparing ourselves to Bob and Joe and Mary or are we talking about Jesus? Because if we're, we're sizing up with Jesus, we may want to you know, sometimes be like, hey, I think that's off. And allow ourselves to repent of that thing and take ownership of that. I mean, even this week, we had a board meeting. I had some, like, in the meeting with Jez. <laughs> he started sharing. I got a little heated about something, you know, and then I said something to Holly, too, that wasn't as nice, you know, tone-wise, whatever, you know. And I'm going to bed that night, not really thinking about much, just reflecting on the day, and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, how was that in the meeting? What's going on? You try to justify it. You need to say something. And God's like, mm, mm. You know, you're just like, you can't get away. You feel it, you know? And then it's just like, okay, God, I just acknowledge that. Right, that was wrong. You know, then God will take it farther sometimes. He's like, okay, how are you going to clean that up? It's kind of late, but I guess I'll send a group text out taking ownership of my sin, you know? Text the group. It felt so great, you know? Next day, Jez and me talked on the phone. Everything's all fine and great, but I share that because... I didn't want to do that. But man, the fruit of owning our stuff and confessing our stuff brings back just that alignment with God. And you could, I think it takes a lot to do this. So I'm going to be very careful. You can grieve the spirit. You can quench the spirit. Doesn't have anything to do with the love of God for you or your right standing before him. But we can push away the voice of God. Because we don't want to hear him talk about that in our life. We'd rather just keep going and be like, grace will take care of that eventually. And maybe eventually is you actually addressing it and confessing it and getting right with people in your life. Paul said this in Philippians 3. He put no confidence in the flesh. Wow. Then where was your confidence, Paul? Jesus. His love for me, the grace of God, the mercy of God. But he wasn't putting the confidence in his flesh and what he can do in his own strength. Because you know what, guys? My grace is sufficient. This is Jesus, not Jason. My grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect actually in your weakness. And God's often looking for our weakness and we're like, here's my strength. Here's all the things I'm amazing at. I mean, I can talk to that person and God's like, I don't need that. Stumble through that, but I'll empower you to do it. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, because my power, it's actually made perfect in your weakness, not in your strength. 
Raise your hand if Jesus was like, hey, do you want to reign in life? Do you want to be like the Proverbs 31 woman? She looks at the future and she smiles or she laughs. Ha ha, future. <laughs> you know, do you want to be like that? Do you want to reign in life? Do you want to live from the victory of Jesus? Thank you, Mike. Thank you. I'm going to assume every hand went up, okay? Praise God. Please put up our magical verse. This verse should be brought to memory. Please memorize scripture. It's a game changer, way different than reading the word. Memorizing scripture gets into you. Verses I will be preaching will come out of me because I've memorized scripture years ago, like years ago. There is one more verse. If you can't see it, ask your neighbor to pray for you to open your eyes. Okay, there it is, boom. Um, for by, it's talking about Adam here. For by the transgression of the one, what Adam did, death reigned through the one. Here we go. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Exactly. If you are confused how to reign in life, you better get great at receiving abundant grace. Not a little, abundant grace. Like, dude, he's just doing it all. He's amazing, you know? And a gift of righteousness that you know you have right standing with the creator of the universe. That you're not like this with him. You're not living in behavior with him. You're just like, I am righteous because he made me righteous. And so I can go to my dad and my father and my God anytime about anything. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Guys, performance is what you will do if you suck at receiving. Let me say it again. You will perform for God if you suck at receiving. The strongest Christians are actually those that just know how to receive best. That's the problem with the gospel, right? It's just too good. Which is why you've heard me say, if you're not hearing good news, you're not hearing gospel. It's just too good. It's like, well, yeah, but I should do something to get that. I mean, I, I need to pay God back. You know, we suck, most people, at receiving. I remember in 03, someone, this is like back in the day. Come on, 03. I know I'm dating some of you guys here, whatever. Um, pre-dating. Uh, someone wanted to give us a flat screen, computer screen. Back then it was like, whoa, flat screen, computer screen, you know? But I remember being like, oh, I cannot take that. Like, it was like the first time someone tried to put like a heavier gift on me. I'm like, whoa, no, no, I cannot take that, you know? Then it's like, okay, well, how can I, if I take it, how can I bless them back, this and that, you know? And it's just like, God just was confronting this thing in me that was like, Jason, you think you need to earn my love, earn my blessings, earn my favor. When you can't do anything, but only receive it. Guys, the gospel can get offensive at times, if we're honest. It can get offensive because we think we deserve something. And how do you know sometimes when you struggle to celebrate the person around you that is being blessed, that is getting the favor, that is getting the increase. You become like the prodigal brother. Oh, you're throwing him a party? All my performance, all my behavior, everything I've done for you, dad, where was my fat calf? Where was my ring? Where was my party? Father's like, son, everything I've ever had, it's always been yours. But he's bitter 
at his brother for getting lavish with mercy and grace. <laughs> oh, the gospel's so good. Mm. Paul said this to the church at Corinth. What do you guys have that you haven't been given? Ask yourself that now. What do you have that you haven't been given by God? That next breath, go ahead. <gasps> that was from God. Your ability to see me right now and me in color, that's from God. That smell, if it's not a good smell, probably not from him, could be your neighbor. But if it's a good smell, just the ability to smell, from God. I mean, everything we've been given is a gift from God. I mean, you know what that does? Thank you, God. (laughs) You're amazing, God. You're incredible. Thank you. Wow. You know, you live differently when you realize everything you've been given is a gift from him. Instead of this entitlement thing that we can walk in. Oh, I deserve that. It's like, really? Really? Remember the Pharisee in the center? Have mercy on me, man. I'm a sinner. I made mistakes. Pharisee's like, I'm good. The other guy was like, no, I need help. Guys, because of the cross, you're 100% forgiven 100% of the time. Because of the cross, you're 100% righteous 100% of the time. Because of the cross, mercy and abundant grace is available 100% of the time by faith. See, do we believe, I'm landing it here, but do we believe God's mercy, grace, and love are greater than our mistakes. Just ask yourself that. That's to apply this whole thing. But do you believe that God's mercy, his grace, and love are greater than your mistakes? And if your answer is, yeah, I think I do, then bye-bye performance. And bye-bye earning love and earning favor and earning blessings. And bye-bye all that behavior modification Christianity that a lot of the church is stuck in trying to fix the outward when God's all about just ministering to the heart and knowing him. To end here, we are saved by grace through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not as results of works that no one can boast. So let's repeat after me, and we're going to be done. I am saved by grace through faith, not as a result of works, and I cannot boast. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. So good. Simple gospel, baby.